Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Talk of the Titans. I'm Bob, your host. We have another special episode for you today. We're actually really pumped this morning. We're going to be taking a step away from the Scottsdale Titans part of the analysis, and we're going to actually be talking about the first round of the playoffs and where we're at currently in the NBA playoffs and just give our take and analysis and feedback about what our predictions will be going forward with the with the playoffs, who we think will win, and you know, just what we think is going on. So we're super pumped and uh, we're happy to have uh, Nick back in the studio again with us today. How you doing today, Nick? Good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Just another day, kind of smoky outside, a little dark. I'm actually enjoying it a little bit. It's nice and a little hazy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, we, also, we also have Tori here. How you doing this morning, Tori? Good. I love mornings. How are you, Bobby? I'm doing great, doing great. Just got my glass of coffee. Ready to hit it. <laughs> Me too. I mean, honestly, home coffee, I feel like hits different. It's like better than like Starbucks or like Dutch Bros or Dunkin' Donuts, you know? It's just yes, for sure. It makes your wallet feel a lot better. And I'm not going to lie, you know, every now and then it's fun to go out and have one, but not every day. I just yeah. stay home, make my own coffee, get my little creamers, spice yeah. it up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already rocking the pumpkin spice, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. So um, <clears throat> before we get into where we're at in the playoffs, I just want to do a little recap and how we got to where we are. So we have the first round. Uh, first off, we had the Western uh, Western Conference playoff uh, playing game, which uh, we saw Portland take their hot streak and go in and beat Memphis. And then we ended up seeing the Lakers beat Portland 4-1. Uh, Houston went ahead and took OKC 4-3. Denver went ahead and took Utah to 4-3 also. Uh, Dallas and the Clippers went to 6 with uh, the Clippers winning 4-2. And then in the Eastern Conference, we have Milwaukee taking Orlando at 5. And then we had uh, Miami sweeping Indi Indiana. We had uh, Boston sweeping Philadelphia. And then we had Toronto sweeping Brooklyn. So we had a lot of sweeps in the East, a lot more competition in the West. So uh, where we sit right now, what do you think was the biggest surprise of the first round, Nick? Mm, the biggest surprise in the first round. Um, I'm not sure. I think I was a little bit surprised that Dallas won two games against the Clippers. I thought that would be less competitive. So it was more competitive than I thought it would be. You see, going into that, I thought, you know, I kind of thought Dallas had a chance from the beginning, but then Porzingis started getting injured, and then there was a whole bunch of question marks, which was kind of frustrating towards the end because when you go into game five and he's saying, I have knee soreness, I'm not going to play, I'm assuming as a fan and as a former coach, I'm like, okay, so if it's knee soreness, he's taking one more day off to get the state-of-the-art uh, treatment, get right, do today. You know, if we win today, I'm thinking about maybe maybe I'll give him another day of rest because now I have a game cushion and I can even rest him more. But if I'm just talking about knee soreness, then I'm giving some kind of false hope to my teammates, to my my fan base, to everybody when I just say knee soreness, I'm giving him a whole day off and he doesn't come play at game five or game six. So what do you think about that? Yeah, that's there's just a lot of mystery with that. I mean, who knows? And that's always the worry with Porzingis is that he's going to get injured. So if that kind of thing keeps going on, uh, the Mavs would just need more players, more 
like more people to step in and take his place, obviously. And where do you see him moving forward minutes wise? Is he going to be able to be a full time player or is he just going to be a full time superstar that's going to be on limited minutes all his career? It looks like he'll be on limited minutes. I mean, if he's not yet playing full minutes, why would he ever not be limited? It would need, you'd think by now, you know, he'd be back to normal, I guess. But it was, it was a long time to rehab, so maybe next year, see how he is. True, true, but, true. We're, we're going to let him have it, but honestly, they look really good. I think them as a team, uh, Coach Carlo has them really moving well, and uh, they just always had a great system. You know, Luca's playing out of his mind, and he's super young, and he's still got Porzingis. Porzingis is still on his young side, so if he can just get healthy and rehab and maybe get that strengthened up, they got some bright future looking forward. But then we had um, Houston, OKC. I want to go to other special. We're talking about really young people here, and now on this side, we're talking about veterans, and we're talking about one of the veterans of veterans, probably one of the textbook point guards of all time, Chris Paul. How, what was his value like? He gets swapped from Houston to OKC. OKC is not even projected to make the playoffs. And bang, he's taken Houston to seven games in the first round. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I watched a couple of those games, and I started thinking I didn't realize the Thunder had, like, so many – good players on their team like Steven Adams is really good and they have Gallinari and they have a lot of just like role players and I guess Chris Paul um facilitated them and just sort of made them all better in a way that Russell Westbrook doesn't I would say it's almost like these players are like an extension of Chris Paul he 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 bodes well and plays better with great role players as opposed to playing surrounded by superstars because when he has all these role players they're all looking to him for direction he's like okay cool i can do this because i want you to do that i want you to do that do this do this do this whereas superstars like no i may not do that i want to do this even though you want me to do that even though what you're saying was going to work clearly because i took a okc team that was i think not even a two percent chance projected to make the playoffs preseason and took them to seven games with one of the projected championship contenders so Clearly, Chris Paul is somebody to be reckoned with as somebody that needs to have that respect on the floor as a floor general. So it's like, it's, it's crazy. How long do you think he has left? Uh, man, he's played a long time. I don't know, but he's, he could play a lot longer, I think. Um, his game is just a lot. It ages that's well. A, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a broad spectrum. Uh, what, what, what's the years on that? Give me, give me a little gap of years. I could see like five more years, five more good years out of him. Um, but yeah, he's just he's like just the classic point guard and his game ages really well, I think. So I think he'll be around I could say five more years. So there's I've seen I've already seen the memes and the little pictures and speculations put together talking about a whole little uh, buddies reunion in LA with Carmelo and uh, Chris Paul end up with the Lakers eventually within the next couple of years. How do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Clearly, Car- clearly Carmelo would be a role player. He wouldn't be like yeah. a big three, but it would still bring you Chris Paul along with Anthony Davis, along with Kyle Kuzma, along with Carmelo Anthony. Like it starts getting pretty crazy there. Yeah, nothing would surprise me. That's just normal for the NBA. I think. How Hollywood would that be? I mean, how yeah. big would that fan base be? Yeah, definitely. 
it would be just bigger and bigger. Just add more people every year, you know? Like business in Los Angeles and would be booming. Like you have all of these uh, um, Chris Paul fans, all the Anthony Davis fans, you have all the LeBron fans, and then you have all the Carmelo fans, and then you have all just the bleed purple and gold Laker fans on top of these four phenomenon players. It's like, holy crap. It gets pretty bad. Like, you're going to just be selling jerseys and jerseys and jerseys. Yeah, that's true. Do they still have um, JaVale McGee? They do. Yeah, see, he has fans too, even though he's just a role player. He's actually turned out he's a, star, a starting center. He's been become quite a key. You know, he's kind of popped out of that. Uh, he's still clearly a role player, but, you know, he's actually stepped up and not been the shacked and a fool JaVale that we've come to see years before. Yeah, I've seen him doing pretty well lately he's been doing very well so um let's hop to the east real quick here clearly the people that are just like on fire making it happen the miami heat let's have a little analysis on that what do you think is getting them ahead on this uh i think good coaching is a big thing like spolster just everyone forgot about him and he's been in miami and Games that I've seen with them over the years, they're always, even when they aren't a good team, they're still always, like, shooting a lot of threes, and they're really fast. And it's just a really good system, and now they have uh, Jimmy Butler and Trogic, and it's all working. Jimmy Butler just kind of clicked onto a whole other level, man. He's just, like, flame. (laughs) Yeah, and he's also like what you were saying about Chris Paul. I think he's kind of making all his teammates better. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's also he, – it looks like he's just taking the wheel. He's like, okay, guys, follow me. You know, I'll get you the ball whenever I need to, but if I need to run to the rim, I'm heading to the rack, and I'm going to get these couple points here. He hasn't been letting down at all. He's just been driving to the, to the rim and, like, not even care. <laughs> get out yeah. of my way. That's uh that's something I noticed. I watched a couple of those games and a lot of times like Jimmy Butler goes down for a layup and then they close in on him and he can kick it out to a three point shooter or he can just go for the layup. Either that's way. another thing. They got a lot of young kids in there, they had a lot of shooters. They're just uh, like honestly I don't know all their names right now because they're just kinda like new faces and but they've just come in and exploded. Yeah, like, I have no idea who they are. I know they have Jay Crowder though. He's yeah, that's how I was watching the other game, and he's solid. Yeah, he is. Do you think it will come, like, kind of natural when, like, at, like in a game, like when you were saying, Nick, that he would just go for a layout and, like, the players would just, like, ground him? Do you think it's just something that is just with, like, with the team that they just, like, naturally do it? Or do you think it's, like, something that that they're trained on or – just oh I see my player like they need help bro I'm like I don't know like obviously like you want to be a team player when you're playing like basketball you know but I guess what I'm trying to say is like no I understand what's yeah. like some, yeah what like some teams it's more it's more like natural for them to be like oh this is like we're an actual family like this is like an actual culture and we want to be the best team we can if if we win or lose but then there's some teams where it's just like, like cardboard, like just yeah, like this is your position. This is what you have to do. That's it. You you know what I mean? 
in a way. It could, yeah, it could be like a little of both. It could be game plan and just it's natural, I think, to want to play defense on someone that's getting close to the rim like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to jump in and say that. That rose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, let's go to uh, Boston and Philadelphia. Boston's been playing lights out, too. They're a young team that, you know, they just got a lot of hard. They got this center I was watching yesterday or day before, uh, Thais or Thies, whatever. Man, that kid's just energy in a bottle, man. He's coming up and down, and he's getting those rebounds, and he's just putting the hard in on the court. Like, this team looks pretty crazy, and I think it's looking – even better for a nice little Lakers Celtics matchup, you know? Have you been watching any of the Celtics? Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot to mention them in the last podcast because, like, I had kind of not been paying as much attention to basketball. But Kemba Walker is great, and they have, who, like, Gordon Hayward. They have a bunch of really good players and good coaching. I think I think they could go to the finals. I could pick them to make it. I mean, if they if they get Milwaukee taken another way by Miami, I think Boston takes Miami. Even with the great run that Miami's been having, I think once it comes down to now just no soup, no real superstar kind of, and just like one on each side and going to teams, I think Boston takes them over talent wise on that one. But, I um, think so. yeah, they're they're a really good team, great roster. So then we go to the flip side of that. We're looking at Philadelphia. Philadelphia just kind of like went a whole downward spiral with injuries and anger and negativity in that locker room. And then finally the coach is gone. Do you think it was the coach or what do you think is all happening up in there? Um, I don't know about the – I don't really know much about the 76ers, to be honest, but my one – take I'll have with them is I don't think Ben Simmons is really that good of a player um, mm. from what I've seen. I think he's I don't think he's bad but I think maybe he's a little overrated and there I can, I can see that point of view I mean yeah. Yeah like I just I don't think they're as good as people expect them to be. So in your eyes what is he missing to live up to the hype? He's just not really, like, that great of a fit in today's league. He doesn't seem like he's a very good shooter from what I see. He's a little bit slow, I think. There's good things about his game, too, though. Like, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying he's, to me, he's, like, kind of average, above average a little bit. Okay, okay, okay. We'll revisit that later. And then um, this is one that's kind of interesting. This is, you know, this kind of, it's going to look like this this year, but next year and for years to come, it's going to be a complete different picture talking about the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they just got swept by Toronto in the first round. But tell me, like, first of all, what do you think about Steve Nash being hired as their head coach? Mm, just unexpected. I don't really know what to say beyond that. It's just – uh. If you're a general manager, are you making that higher? I mean, he's played on teams that had really good systems. Like, what about the Suns with Mike D'Antoni? Maybe playing on teams like that, that could teach him to be a good coach. 
That's true. A lot of players can teach coaches to be better coaches. That happens a lot of times, you know. But um, what do you think they're going to look like going forward? That's a good question. Well, they have um, Kyrie, they have KD, but they also have Karis LeVert, and they have several other players to give them depth. Well, they have a little bit of fight in these games. You know, it was 4-0, but they weren't all complete thrashes, you know? Yeah, these kids, they, they, got, they got some talent on the team. Yeah, they do, for sure. Um, They're witty. If they have a really good system with Steve Nash and they're sharing the ball a lot, just I mean, I, I guess any team that you put Kyrie and KD on always has a chance of winning games, I guess. <laughs> yeah. First of all, that helps. But yeah, they could be really good. It could be like the Nets and Golden State next year. Who knows? Yep. So right now we have Miami ahead of Milwaukee, one, uh, three games to one. That's probably like the biggest surprise on everybody's plate right now. What do you think about that? That is surprising, yeah. It's not like – I mean, Miami's good. I expected them to uh, make it competitive. but I wouldn't have picked them to win or anything. But uh, Milwaukee, they're just kind of an interesting team, and I think they have a lot of things to sort out. What are they missing? I'm not really sure. They just – they seem like they're missing something. I Like, I don't watch – Lots of Bucks games, but I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think maybe they're like kind of slower than other teams, or not as good of shooters? Or I mean, I'm I think they could use a, a big name or just a solid point guard. You know, they got Chris Milton there, they got Giannis, they got open people, but I think they need kind of like a solid. I'm gonna run the game. Giannis is the man, so I'm gonna make sure you get him the ball. But I need a point guard. It's just kind of manage the game for them. Like a Ben Simmons in that situation would be perfect because you don't need him to shoot there. <laughs> you just need him to move the ball, drive the ball, and that would be like – that'd be a really good fit, but that's probably not going to happen. But yeah, still he's, something to think about. But that's the kind of player they need. They need a pass-first kind of point guard that's gonna, that has knowledge of the game to really Chris be the floor general because there's a lot of things happening late in games that's kind of just breaking down stuff that Giannis still isn't quite as experienced to take over those those moments uh, mentally and, like, on a maturity level. Not that he's not trying, not that he's not doing his best. It's just that he's probably channeling his energy into one area where it should be channeled into another and differently, where he'll learn that with time and experience. Right. Yeah, I can see all that. I get that same feeling. Like a Rondo. A Rondo would probably be a really great player on, on Milwaukee. Yeah, like, he, could, he could be, like, their starting point guard. Yeah, and it's somebody that's going to drive the game. It's somebody that if everything starts crumbling around him, he can stop the game and drive to Iraq or do something he needs to do to be able to chill out. Everybody breathe. You know, that's kind of thing. That's the, that's the kind of thing that happens. Everybody just crumbles. Like, it was like, oh, you take the ball, you take the ball, oh, you shoot, and then everybody's trying to make something happen. And the more everybody's trying to make something happen, we call it quicksand. You make one mistake and then one mistake after another, and the more you fight, the more you fight, the more you fight, you're just following deeper and deeper and deeper into the quicksand. Yeah. Unintentionally, of course, not trying to, it just happens. Yeah, of course. And then, or, um, yeah, go ahead. Or I was just going to say uh, they could try to sign Chris Paul. That would be like the best case scenario. Uh, honestly, to me, that would be bang. That would be it because Chris Paul knows he's not 
the superstar or the number one anymore. I'm sure he could do that for a man like Giannis, knowing that this is, bang, Giannis is the number one up and coming. He's going to take over the reins. So all I got to do is facilitate the ball to you, and I'm happy. So, like, I think that would be a great fit. Like, if that could, if they can make that happen somehow, that would be a really great fit. That would make them, like, legit number one seeds in, in the East. Yeah, I think so, too. All righty, all righty, all righty. This is getting good. So, um, right now we got the Lakers and Houston 1-1. Who do you think takes it? Mm, I'm going to pick the Lakers to take it. I'm not bold enough to say. <laughs> How many games? Six games. Six games. So we got five or four, two. What about you, Tori? I say Lakers. Mm. And then yeah. we got Denver and the Clippers. The Denver and the Clippers is actually a pretty good series. You know, uh, uh, Clippers are up 2-1. But um, I think there's some firepower both ways. I think uh, it could be interesting going down the way. You think it goes seven? No, I don't think it's going to go seven. I could see it going, like, Five or six, but five. Holy boot. Yeah. Two more games. I really believe in the Clippers. I think they're the best team, probably. Okay. Okay. And then we got Boston over Toronto 3 2. What do we think about that series? Do you think Boston closes it out next game? Mm, I don't know. I think. I think they're going to win. I don't know if they're going to close it out in the next game. I could see Toronto winning the next game and Boston winning game seven. What do you think, Tori? Boston or Toronto? Bobby, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm What's your gut go. Ah, shoot. Let's see. This is a perfect gut situation because it's such a, a coin toss that it's like it could go either way. Pick Toronto because I picked no, Boston. That's not a coin <laughs> toss. We give people freedom of speech, not bullying them into decisions. Go ahead, Tori. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, I'm not too sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Boston, honestly. Alrighty, Boston. Damn. Alrighty. So now that we're all up to date on that, I want to kind of take a minute and uh, talk about what everybody's been talking about. Um, how do you guys first off? I feel about like the whole NBA players now being able to like share their message on the back of their uniform and be able to say what they want to say, at least when it comes to like their message to social injustices. I feel like it's, it's a great opportunity for them to honestly speak up more and to create that, that, that like kind of awareness. Yes, and showing more to be like kind of like a role model and guidance to younger athletes, especially and the the youth to you know, and also the community. I think is super important, and I honestly love it. To be honest, I see it all the time, and I'm like, it's it's great seeing them kind of um, branching out of their shell a little bit more, just to be like, hey this was going on. This is what we're going to do. This is our message to everyone else. And if you, you know, you like, you can take it however you want, but this is like, we want to let you know, like what we feel. And this is, and they have a big platform too, knowing that they're with the NBA. So that's huge too. And that in their the audience, their fans, their family can all like 
just be a, like around their message and just really take it in, I guess. Good. Yes, I agree. It's, uh, it's their way to just kind of say things, you know, it's not about everybody being like, oh, look at them, look at them. So it's like, this is my message, you know, let's go with it. I'm here to play basketball. And this is what it's about, you know. It's like, it's like if I were to get a tattoo or something, that's my message, you know. I think it's a great idea. Wait, what about you, Nick? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, freedom of speech is cool. And I think that even if you're a basketball player or whoever, like some people for some reason don't think that athletes should express opinions. I don't really know why. So I say go for it. Why not? I, I agree with that too, because all of a sudden they want to put um, celebrities and athletes on the same stage as politicians. And unfortunately we cannot do that because celebrities and athletes are not here trying to be like, they didn't choose the path of, pol of politics, right? So they're not here, they're allowed to say whatever it is they're there to say because they did not go into politics for that reason to be able to have their right to have their freedom of to say whatever they need to say. And not that I believe that every platform should be used for political means. And I, I think this is kind of like our platform. And I think it's very important that like, I kind of stay like, I really find it important that athletes and like, especially like when it comes to is, uh, touching issues like this, that it not be used as a political angle, like state what's wrong, say what's going on in society and all that. But we can't be saying who we, who we prefer or who's the better candidate and all like that has nothing to do with what the social injustice and everything that's happening at hand. Like that's what needs to stop. And that's the kind of thing that I don't really agree is now we're starting to have more little teams start dividing and that all it does is divide more people. Oh, well, I'm his fan, so I'm gonna go follow him. Oh, well, I'm her fan, well, I'm gonna follow what she says. And that just becomes something that it really shouldn't be. It should all just be about fixing the issue. Yeah, it gets unnecessarily complicated. It all becomes, a, it, it, it bleeds into reality of the fanaticism. So now fanaticism is bleeding into reality where it shouldn't bleed into reality. It should have nothing to do with fanaticism. It should all do with objective reality and facts of what is happening and what needs to be done. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. I agree with that. And then also, I was going to say, like, they're public figures. Of course, they're going to use that platform to express their opinions. Like, that's just, that's expected that you're going to use your platform that way. Yeah, I, I, I love the fact, like, I, I, I love actors saying what they want to say. I love the, the athletes saying what they want to say. It's like, I love them expressing everything they want to say until they say, vote this person. Like, once you're starting to sway a vote, then you're done. You're, you're like, you've completely lost all integrity to me, and I'm not listening to your message anymore. Like, that sh it shouldn't just be that way, because... It's, it's not a partisan thing, it's not a bipartisan thing, it has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with what the situation is at hand, what we wake up to every morning, and what we see on our daily basis. So like, that's the kind of thing that really bothers me when big time names start doing that kind of stuff. It's just like, eh, not cool. Right. But anyway, going back to basketball, I'm not getting too far off topic. Um, how'd you guys feel about them just walking out one day and boycotting that, the, the game? They'll schedule maybe like a couple hours later. Uh, it was pretty crazy and hot take I guess if you want to know what I think they should have just kept with it why not I don't think they should have gone back personally awesome okay why 
just uh, that makes the protest more powerful. I feel like going back on it, it makes it seem more like symbolism than anything to me. But I mean, the yeah, idea. Of the whole, I mean, so. it, it, yeah. It, I mean, it's. I was once told, and I've always kind of stuck to the one of the main keys to success is follow up. If you don't follow up, it's not going to succeed. You can't just plant seed and not water it and not give it sun and not give it nutrients and think it's just going to be a big tree in 12 years. Like, it's not going to happen. You need to take care of it, follow up. Yeah. Wait, Victoria. I feel like <clears throat> them doing that, especially like hours before, you know, it, it was a total surprise. Yeah. But I mean, it was definitely kind of showing everyone else, like, not like, like a wake up call, but something like just out of the blue, like we did this and this is what we're going to do. And honestly, it, it shows that they want to be part of what's what's been going on and they want to show like they're they're part of the movement or the awareness even though they're considered um athletes professional athletes and they're well known but they want to make they want to make it known that just because i'm an athlete doesn't mean i'm not gonna stand up for what i think is right so i think for them going out and being you know, boycotting and just like the protest is just, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I think it's amazing too. So that's my opinion on it. It's definitely a once in a lifetime experience so far for us when it comes to seeing something like this, I think for earlier generations as well, I don't think we've ever had a, a same day boycott for a social injustice issue in a, in a professional sporting event. I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, so it's pretty crazy that we're being able to watch it and just be like from the objective point of view sitting back and be like, wow, like that's happening in our lives. Whether there's a lot of people that agree with it and there's a lot of people that are not happy with it and don't agree with it. But you know what? Hey, we're sitting back and we're part of history right now. Watch, sit back, watch it, analyze it, learn from it, right? Moving forward, you don't have to be part of the whole drama part of it. There's a factual part of it. This is what's happening, all right? So look, moving forward. It's like, we need to settle what's happening. I think going into the next season, I think it should just be the same thing because um, it's never going to change until it's followed up upon. And like, who else has more significance and influence over this issue than the major athletes that represent the people, the regular people that are in the community? It's like, you need to say something. It's about time. And what the biggest fear here and the biggest like clash is like, yeah, there are a lot of these players that are still young players that are still trying to make it. They're not making the big bucks. So like for them to make that kind of social stand right now could cost them their career or some kind of chunk of money within that window, which they have to think about for their families and for their livelihood, which a lot of people don't understand. They think they're selling out and they want to go back and play, which is really difficult too. I think people need to see both sides of that, you know, like, yeah, I may feel really hardly about this situation, but right now my bills need to, pay, need to be paid because I can't really help this situation or fight the situation if I'm living in the street. Right. It's, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, so um, I think we're kind of running low on time here, so we'll just get a little, little bit more in here. I got a couple more questions. Um, who do you think has been the MVP so far these playoffs? Ooh, I don't know. 
Uh, Tori, do you want to answer it first while I think about it? Um, I am not too sure too. So. All right. Well, I'm gonna go and say Jimmy Butler, just because Miami's been on such a roll and they've on a seven and one record so far in the playoffs. Yeah. That's true. Jimmy Butler, I think you'd have to say, or Kemba Walker. He's been playing really well. True, true. Okay, I like yeah. that pick also. All righty, all righty. And then uh, let's see, we got Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, Toronto. Who's coming out of the East, Nick? Mm, I'm picking Boston. Tori? Mm, Miami. Okay. Maybe. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be between them two, and that's going to be a heck of a conference finals, Miami-Boston. That'd be just going to be spashy. And then um, Los Angeles Lakers, Houston, Denver, and the Clippers. Who we got coming out of the West, Nick? They say the Clippers. What about you, Tori? You already know Nick's answer. He already said Clippers are, like, the best team right now. I'm going to say the Lakers. So we got Lakers, Heat, and Boston Clippers. Those are both be good matchups. I don't have that either of those matchups. So we have three different matchups. I say Lakers, Boston. I'm gonna go with what I've seen so far, even with Miami playing as hard as they are, I'm gonna go with Lakers, Boston this year. It's gonna be a 2020 kind of like mini highlight within all of the stuff happening. It's gonna be like, hey, little mini silver lining. We're going back to the eighties with the Lakers and Celtics. Yeah, that would be cool. And that's definitely possible too. Lakers and Celtics again. Okie dokie. So who wins it all? Clippers, I say. <laughs> of course. No one's surprised, I'm sure. But Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I just can't get on that bandwagon. I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm a Lakers fan, but I try to look at everything objectively, and I try to just look at the rosters. I just don't think the Clippers are as good as other teams that there are out there. I don't think that they match up with the Lakers on paper at all. I just don't see it happening. I think the Lakers take them in six, max. What is it about the Lakers that you think is better than the Clippers? Like the one thing that I see coming up, just plain view, is the two best players in the league. You have to put hands down. They are physically the two most dominant players in the league right now. Like, so even if, you're, even if your technique goes wrong and your talent starts going bad, I can start jamming you to the rim and be like, okay, well, I'm just going to start dunking and getting really physical with you. That's Which true. LeBron has done in the past several times when things go south. And now you yeah. got two people that can do it. And you got two big centers. It's like, I don't know. They're just, I think they, when, when the going gets rough, they can get really physical. And I say that within quotation marks because we're in 2020 it doesn't really get that physical anymore but I just think they can physically outplay them yeah I mean I like I'm not saying it would be easy for the Clippers to win but I don't like they have Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell and just all these really great players on on their bench and role players their team. I don't know, but you got you got Rondo just coming back, and then you still got Kyle Kuzma who can go out and shoot you at 40 any surprise night that you needed. I mean, you got KCP, you got uh, Deion Waiters. I mean, hell, even uh, J.R. Smith wasn't playing that terrible a couple of games he was playing. Like, you got so much depth. If someone's not playing, plug and play, plug and play. Like, it's crazy, man. 
Uh, yeah, they, they have depth. I don't know if I really am a big believer in every name you said there. I don't know about Rondo, if he's that great. Yeah, he's only been back, what, one game, two games? You know, Galen in his groove again. When he plays in the playoffs, you know he's on another level. He just has that He has that mentality of, I want to win the game. I want that ring. We'll see. We'll see. I think the Lakers and the Clippers are going to play each other. And the next got- year, then we're going to have to have a debate over – I think you're going to see a resurgence of Lob City in Los Angeles, and it's not going to be the Clippers. Mm, I don't know about that. And the finals is going to be Lob here, Lob there, here, LeBron here, Anthony Davis, and they're just going to be bang, slamming it everywhere. I don't know. I may be talking completely felonious right now and then just talking to the wind, but I don't see I don't see the Clippers beating the Lakers. And if they do, I'm going to have to go into a little hermit hiding hole for months and not come back onto the podcast for a while. <laughs> I'm saying the Clippers, they're going to rain three-pointers. There's no lobs, but there will be a lot of three-pointers. Right. What do you think, What do you think, Tori? Who wins the finals? Lakers. I honestly go with the Lakers. I feel like they have a good history behind them, and I don't know, just, just, just the way they play. And like you said, Bobby, you know, they're just – I don't know, like yeah, I you you just see a like a team playing, you're just like they're gonna go because they have like you said the mentality and there's like I want to win this, I want to take that ring home, I just want to go for it. I'm be honest, I don't know too much about the Clippers, so that's why I'm just like don't know. I know more about the Lakers, and I think just seeing them play before is just phenomenal. All right. And going back, one, one last thing. You know what my other problem with the Clippers is? When you think about the Clippers, their number two name is Paul George. And when you think about Paul George, I haven't heard anything but disastrous things in the first round and spotty images in the second round. Like, until I see a Paul George that was going head-to-head with LeBron James with the Indiana versus Miami Heat uh, um, series, then I'm not believing it. I think Paul George is going to get better and better. He's finding his groove. I'm not even a Clippers fan. Like, I don't – if I could choose who to win, I wouldn't pick them. I just think they're going to win, you know. Well, I know, I know. And I'm not saying that because I'm – because at the end of the day, I've kind of gotten over the whole Los Angeles rivalry thing. I just kind of follow my team, hope the Lakers do well and all that. But I just – there's so much heat and fire and just so much love around these – this Clipper team, but I, like I understand and have all the utmost respect for Kawhi Leonard. He's a beast. He's the best defensive t- player in the in the league. You know, he's just a, he's a beast. But I just don't think he has the roster supporting cast that he needs to take on LeBron and Anthony Davis right now. I think when you say Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the same roster, and I am by no means a LeBron James follower or a LeBron James fan, but when it comes to objectivity and knowing what it is, like he's just a physical phenomenon. Like I, I can't stop him. As much as I would try, like when it came down to like X's and O's and drawing up a play and I'm down or I'm tied or down two points in the fourth quarter going into the final seconds, I'm driving the ball to LeBron. Like there's yeah. no way. Like like how, who's going to defend me? They're either going to foul me or I'm going to make the shot. Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen him do that over and over in the finals. And then now, ima- now imagine being able to drive that and you gain double team. Then, hey, ho, right next to you, you got Anthony Davis. How about you dunk it for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't sure. Know. I, think, I think there's just too many, there's too many skate, uh, like, uh, what do they call those? Um, uh, I don't know what they call it, but it's like you have too many uh, 
ways to get out of a pickle on that team. They like so many people can pick up to like take it off. I think the Clippers, you say, you say Kawhi Leonard, and they say Paul George, and then what? But what if like one night, which is completely possible, we've always seen out of a big three, two of them not play well. What if both of them don't play well? Then who's taking over the reins on that team? Lou Williams, Montrez Hero. Come on, man! You just said Lou Williams. Lou Williams, he's super underrated. He's a great player. He's a really good player. Sixth man. He was the sixth man of the year. For a long time, I understand that. But that's what he is. He's not going to take over the game for you, though. He's a sixth man. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think he's definitely a great second option. If one of the two isn't going well and you've got, like, Paul George or Kawhi Leonard and Lou Williams, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bandwagoner. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it has nothing to do with bandwagon. We're having kind of just – it's pretty objective. It's going back and forth on what we – our opinions are of players. I don't know. We'll see. That was most likely going to be the Western Conference Finals. I'm sure it will be big. Hopefully we have an episode, like, right in between so we can have another one of these conversations and one of us will be completely right and I'll be like, oh, no, I was wrong. <laughs> when the Lakers are getting spacked. But yeah, we, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. But that was a lot of fun. You know, we had a lot of, a lot of great content today. I think we, it was a great episode. And hopefully we do a lot more of these um, in the future because I think it's cool to get everybody's take and opinions on stuff. That was really fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. All righty. Um, so, again, thanks for being on the show, Tori. Um, we'll definitely have you on again very soon, I'm sure. Thank you. Yes, you will. Yeah. You're welcome. And uh, Nick will definitely be on again talking some more basketball and debating a little more, right? Thank you again for being here. Yes, I will be back when the Clippers are winning against the Lakers. Okay. <laughs> Old statement. Top takes. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. We had a lot of fun talking basketball and the things happening in today's life. Um, stay tuned. We're going to have, um, I keep promising them, I'm telling you they're coming, but we're going to have practice updates. We're going to have uh, more player interviews. We're going to try to get into more front office and let you meet everybody behind the steering wheel of the Scottsdale Titans so we can get our, our product out to you so you guys can see everything that we're trying to do. And, you know, it's going to be a really fun organization, a real fun time, and we're going to have a lot of fun things for you come January when the season starts, guys. All right. So stick, uh, stay tuned. Um, and we're super excited to have you back. All right. Much love and pay it forward, guys. Sweet.